Welcome to the Rock Ag Podcast. This is your host, Gary Coffey, Ag and Natural Resource Agent from the University of Kentucky in Rockcastle County. Today I will be joined by my good friend and colleague, Greg Drake, Butler County Extension Agent for Ag and Natural Resources. Greg is a longtime beekeeper and helped many people with bees through the extension service in his career. Today, Greg will share with us where to start planning for keeping bees, some essential tools for keeping bees, some costs associated with startup, and what kind of honey we can expect and what kind of money we can get out of that honey. He will also share some other experiences that he has had in keeping bees. Thanks for joining us today, Greg. Glad to have you on. We're going to talk about some uh, beginning beekeeping stuff today. We will kind of kind of discuss some things we might need to think about to get started with, um, kind of maybe some cost and some money returns and stuff like that. Glad to have you on. Hey, man, it's it's good to be on, and, and it's great to have the opportunity to talk about keeping honeybees uh, any anytime I get it I enjoy talking about bees and I think that's the way most beekeepers are they they enjoy talking about bees so that's I'm glad to be with you today I think that's right I think that uh, bees are a, a special thing obviously they uh, you know it is vital to a lot of crops and a lot of actually survival of our species I guess and so you know I think that that people that have a passion for bees are really passionate about it for sure and that's that's a good thing for sure yeah, one of the things, of course, all this past year of COVID has is, is sort of a trend that I've seen over here in Butler County is folks are very interested in their own food. And we've always had some demand and, and some interest year after year of people that, that are deciding they're going to try to keep some honeybees. And the COVID has certainly driven that in a lot of aspects, meat and gardening and preserving our food. But, but honey and, and beekeeping is another one, uh, both as people realize they want the honey for their family or to sell, and they want to uh, do a better job pollinating their gardens. So we see a lot of reasons that people are interested in honeybees. That's right. And I do love honey. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> and you pour some uh, some of your own honey over a hot biscuit, brother. It don't get any better than that. There's nothing like it. That's for sure. All right, Greg. So whenever we were th- thinking about getting some bees, uh, what's the first thing we need to get started with some bees? Where, where would we start to, to get a hive? So that, that's a that's a great place. We'll begin at the beginning. And then we'll end with uh, sort of what it'll cost and what I think some of the financial parts are going to be. But to get started with honeybees, the first thing that I would recommend anybody do is uh, go by their extension office and get the UK publication, uh, Beginning Beekeeping for Kentuckians, and begin to educate yourself about how much time that it takes to keep a couple of hives of bees. And I always recommend, and let me begin it this way. I've been the county agent in Butler County for 23 years, but I've been keeping bees for about 17 years. So I have a lot of experience uh, keeping bees myself and working with farmers and families that, that have started keeping bees. So some of the things I say today will be the product of, of my experience in watching families start Uh, with bees and you normally will start with two hives you normally start with two hives and I'll tell you why in a minute Um, but you you would 
if you're going to keep bees, you need to look around and read that UK publication on beginning beekeeping. Uh, look for a bee club. A lot of extension uh, offices will have a bee club that meets in their facility. And I don't know if y'all do there in your county, but I'm confident that in some county around around Mount Vernon, uh, uh, there would be there would be an opportunity for people to go and, and learn and interact with beekeepers and listen because it's a different language that beekeepers talk. I agree with that. I'm not a beekeeper. And so sometimes I have to, you know, it's, it's tough for me because I don't keep them. And, you know, those people are on a different level than I'm on for sure. (laughs) You know, you're not used to, you're not used to uh, talking about nooks and splits and brood and larva and all those things that beekeepers say without thinking about it. So I really do believe it'd be wise if, if a new beekeeper would spend a, a couple of evenings with the bee club or some time uh, studying. Uh, I, I don't love YouTube uh, for learning to keep bees because YouTube is full of everybody's opinion. Yeah, And you could watch a great YouTube video showing uh, a beekeeper in uh, China working on keeping their bees and that would be very different than it is here in Butler County so I encourage people not to think that they're going to learn to keep bees by watching YouTube uh, work with your extension office and start with our publication and then you know you, you there's lots of good YouTube videos on beekeeping that have been made by state beekeeping associations or universities around the country but just uh, studying bees on YouTube does not prepare somebody for, <laughs> for having bees of their own. And then when somebody decides they're going to get bees, uh, you order bees in, in two different ways. If, if Garrett wanted to start keeping bees this year, uh, what you would have needed to have done was contact the bee suppliers, a Day Dant or a Man Lake or a Kelly Bee, lots of different suppliers. Uh, and, and we normally order bees in January and pick them up in April and May and begin those colonies from, from fresh. So here we are sitting at mid-March, and it might be very challenging for somebody to order and start their own hives this spring. Uh, now, having said that, I live in Butler County, which is one county from Bowling Green. Bowling Green's in Warren County, and we're just to the northwest of them. Well, there's a guy in Warren County that is growing his own bees and selling bees, and he still has them for sale. So it's not that somebody couldn't find bees to start in the spring, but we typically will get, we're going to decide we're going to do this and order our bees in January so we know that we're going to have them for the growing season. You know, it's something that obviously this is going to take some planning. And one thing that I want to back up and say that you touched on, and it's something that I say in every program and every podcast that I do, is make sure there's tons of information out there and there's a lot of opinions. Make sure that you're getting unbiased, um, you know, research-based information, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Make sure and check your sources on that for sure. And Extension is a great place that we always want to you know, give a shout out to, we have a lot of great information at the extension offices. 
Yeah, over the years, I have taught several B classes in a short course format where we'd break the whole process up into three or four sessions and have about 20 people each time that I've done it. And the first time I did it, YouTube wasn't such a big deal. It's a long time ago. The last time I did it, everybody wanted to tell me that they'd seen guys working bees on YouTube without a veil or without gloves. And that is a terrible idea and it's very dangerous and a great way to get yourself killed. Yeah. Uh, So you, you brought up, you mentioned it and it's exactly right. You have to be very careful and study those sources and beekeeping is, is certainly another one. Let me, let me say something else that's very common in our area is there are beekeeping clubs scattered across the state. They're part of the Kentucky state beekeepers association. Butler County's club is the same. We, we call ours the Green River Swarm Catchers. Uh, we, were, we were very creative feeling when very we named nice. ourselves almost 20 years ago. But a lot of these B schools are going to still be offered uh, in a virtual format, and somebody ought to be looking to spend a day at a B school if they can find one to hit, because you can learn more about bees in a day on a B school than you could a month watching YouTube videos. And I promise you that if you can find one in person to go to. Okay. Well, that sounds good. We, you know, this is obviously, you know, bees are, are a lot like every other kind of livestock, I think, is that, you know, it's not like we're just going to wake up one morning and say, you know what I'm going to do today is I'm going to start keeping bees. And by that afternoon, you've got hives set up and you're keeping bees. I don't think it's going to work quite that way. It, it won't work that way, and it and you will have trouble. You know, I could see uh, having a client go to Bowling Green and buy them a cattle trailer and then head over to the Bowling Green stockyard, and they can be keeping cattle yeah. this afternoon if yeah. it's sale day. Uh, and, and there's a lot that could go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> and right. there's a lot that could go wrong with with keeping bees. Yeah. I mentioned earlier before we leave the getting started, I mentioned that I want you to always start with two hives. Yeah. So, Garrett, just imagine that you had two cattle standing in a cow pasture and you really didn't know a lot about cattle. Uh, one of them stayed fat and slick all summer and the other one just kept getting more poor and more poor and more poor. And you could tell the difference in them almost by the week. Right. Well, a beehive will do the same thing. Okay. Uh, you can have one hive that just really does great. The queen lays good. The amount of bees just grows all summer. And then you can have one hive that the queens just doesn't lay really good. The bees aren't as healthy. They're not as good at going out and finding nectar. So you'll see one hive get strong and one hive get weak. If you only have one hive, you don't have anything to compare it to. So any beginning beekeeper needs two hives. So they may not know what's causing the problem, but they can tell that one's doing better than the other, and they might ought to be getting with a a county agent or somebody in the bee club in their community or somebody or talk, call and talk to me or whatever. Uh, But if you just have one hive, 
that thing could wither away and die before you realize there's a problem, especially your first couple of years keeping bees. So that's why I always say start with two. Good. That's good. What about, uh, Greg, what, what are some tools that we will, you know, we will have to have before I set that hive in my, you know, by my garden, what's some stuff that I would need to pick up? All right. That's a great question. And another important piece. We have equipment that is very unique to beekeeping. So I think that everybody needs a good veil, a jacket and veil combo, it's called. A lot of times when we think about beekeepers, we think about guys dressed up and girls dressed up in what looks like one of those hazmat suits, white coveralls with the veil. I don't like the coveralls because they're hard to get on and off, but you can buy a veil that is made into a jacket that the veil zips on and it's easy to put on and off. And then we have special gloves that, that reach up on almost to our elbows. The skirt of that glove will go almost to our elbows. That personal protective equipment is absolutely a must. You've got to have a good veil. You've got to have a good set of gloves. And then the, the smoker, some, some way to deliver some smoke to those hives when you're working them. You always think and see pictures of people smoking their bees. That is an important tool. And uh, my family has farmed for 200 years in Butler County. There ain't no old smokers laying around the, the farm that I could use. I had to go buy a new one. So most families are going to have to go buy this personal protective equipment because it's unique to beekeeping. Yeah. And there's no way around having a good veil, good gloves, a smoker. Then we have something called a hive tool, which is sort of a, like a paint scraper but it's a, a unique piece of equipment that you'll use every day that you work your bees. So these are tools that are non-negotiable, uh, not gonna cost a lot, a couple hundred dollars will get you what you need and some good quality beekeeping tools, but it's not gonna be something that you buy at Farm Supply or at Walmart. You're gonna have to get this uh, from, from someplace that sells bee equipment. And that goes back again to your preparation. Uh, that we that we do have to have we do a series here if you're listening and follow the rock castle county extension agriculture page we do a, a series on ag tool tuesday and i'm actually going to show some of these tools that you talked about i will show those on ag tool tuesday maybe next week so i'll have that just want to throw that in there so i'll actually have them and show them to you on on the facebook video very good and Another tool that you've got to find somewhere, when we harvest honey, you need a radial extractor. You need something that's going to actually spin those honeycombs and get the honey to come out. And it is a very specialized piece of equipment. I have one that I bought for the extension service here, and our beekeepers just share that around. So if somebody keeps bees and they think they're going to harvest honey, you can't do that without an extractor. So that is a unique tool. It costs about $1,000 for an electric one, uh, but it's kind of like a, a combine or a hay baler. You don't need one very many days of the year. So if you can find one to share or rent or borrow, that's the best way for a new beekeeper to start. Yeah. And, and I've had great success uh, with our club has a, 
has that extractor and they just pass it around amongst themselves and and uh, some of that harvest equipment uh, they'll be looking for but they don't have to have that to start that's you're not going to make honey and and harvest it probably the first year it's going to take about a whole year of letting the bees get all they need yeah. before that so that's not one you have to have to start but it is a unique tool that's not in anybody's farm shop. That's something that you're going to have to find yeah. uh, from scratch. There's several around. I know that another county that I worked in, they had one that they shared like what you're talking about. And so, you know, I think that you should be able to find one that somebody would let you use, I think. Yeah, a lot of counties and bee clubs have them. And another option would be if somebody had a couple of hives and they've been going to a bee club meeting, you could work with another beekeeper that's already got one. They'll let you harvest honey the same day they do. Uh, beekeepers tend to become friends pretty quickly and, and work together and, and uh, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the cost to set up. Yeah, we, we definitely need to know what this is gonna cost us to get going. Yeah, I've, I've been throwing out lots of terms and, and things. So let's talk a little bit about the cost to set up. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, I want you to have two bee two beehives, uh, and you you can get those beehives from bee suppliers. You can buy them from somebody local if you'll get involved and figure out who the local people are. But it's gonna cost in the neighborhood of a thousand dollars to get your basic protective equipment and your beehives, the actual bees themselves and those white boxes that you're gonna put them in, the actual wooden hive boxes. Just a ballpark is about $1,000. Okay. So if that, if that number is uh, more than somebody that wants to be a hobby beekeeper wants to start, then, then they need to save their money for another whole year and, and get ready to do it next year. Because when you, when you do it, uh, that that's just that's just going to be what the cost is and there's there's no way around it yeah so you know i mean it, we're talking going to cost us a thousand dollars to get set up you know uh and that's fine i mean i i'm sure that i've spent a thousand dollars on stuff that that probably ended up costing me more money as i went along but are we going to get any return off of that anywhere down the road okay here we go so in farming I don't know, do you ever make money farming? Yeah, it comes and goes. You have good years and bad years. Absolutely. I don't know how the ice hit y'all's cabin season over there. Uh, the snow and ice, the way it fell on our Butler County cabin season, we were just beginning to calf. Yeah. And we had some farmers that lost a bunch of calves in that despite everything they could do. So this is probably not going to be the best year. Right. Uh, you you know, next spring, it might not ever rain a day during calving season. We have 95% of them born, we save. Yeah. Beekeeping is the same way. But here is the Greg Drake rule of thumb. The second year of your bee colonies, so if you start them in 2021, you're not going to harvest any honey the first year. You, you might harvest a pint for your family to eat. <laughs> but you're not going to have any to sell because you got to let the bees build all that up. The, the year of 2022 come July 4th, you should be able to harvest about five gallons per colony of honey that you can sell or eat or give away. Yeah. 
So something like five gallons per colony. And this year, honey in Butler County has been moving for uh, about $28 a quart. Yeah. So we're up over $100 a gallon. So your revenue on a colony of bees should be about $500. Yeah. So, you know, if, and so it's probably a great investment compared to a beef cow. Yeah. <laughs> on how quickly you can get right. your money back. Right. Now, having said that, lots of things can go wrong. I, I kind of relay everything to beef cows because I got a lot of beef farmers over here in Butler County, and I bet you do too. Yeah. Um, we have colonies die over the winter. Yeah. Uh, this this particular winter, that that long, cold stretch of winter that we've had where it never really had any warm days, it's been hard on the bees. So you could have your bees die, and, and that does happen. Yeah. Uh, but a couple hundred bucks and you get more bees and you're going again in the same woodenware. You don't ever have to buy your woodenware again, your boxes and stuff. And you've always got your veil. But uh, that's kind of the revenue side of it. Figure about $500 of revenue per year after you get going and learn what you're doing. So, you know, you, know, you, you can get your money back. Right. It's one of those things that I, I feel like it's with a lot of other things, like you said, on the farm is that you've got to enjoy it. You've got to like it, you know, got to feel that it's important to whatever you're doing or, you know, whatever. And and but don't expect to buy, you know, two hives of bees and get rich, I don't think, and make a ton of money in the next four years off of them. That That is a great way to look at it. Another thing that that would provide some value for your people that are listening to us. I'm not sure how much uh, horticulture production you have, but if somebody's raising pumpkins or they're raising cucumbers or they're raising vegetable crops to sell, there is a pollination value there that if you're not actually leasing those bees to a farmer where they're paying you cash, it's hard to capture what that pollination value is, but it's a lot. Yeah. If you're growing an acre of cucumbers to sell, the bees is worth a lot more to you in pollination than they are the honey they produce and you sell. So different farms are going to look at it that way. But but I gave you what I found to be kind of a rule of thumb is once the bees get going and the colonies established, you make five gallons of honey in Butler County. Yeah. And that's and that's a good deal. Yeah. And obviously that's, you know, site specific everywhere is going to be different. Like you said, there's always stuff that can go wrong and your management of them, you know, that can be a big deal too, for sure. Absolutely. I would guess that you would be a much better cattleman than I am. I would say that you could, you could get more calves born on the ground alive than I could. And you probably could have better weaning weights than I could because some of us are more cattlemen. Right. Uh, my, my tendency, I guess I have a little more passion for honeybees than you would. And I probably make my bees make more honey. Absolutely. And, and every client that we have that's listening to that, there'll be a difference in their ability to make these things, make these things work. And, and everybody needs to always think about that. So as we kind of begin to wind up, let's talk about the other biggest question that I have when people talk to me about what they're going to do with their bees. Right. And that is, where am I going to put them? Yep. Right. Yeah. Where Where am I going to put these colonies? And I do have some rule of thumbs. And and Kevin Lyons, the Monroe County Ag agent, and I 
actually shot an instructional video on this last year. Somebody wanted to do a little Facebook uh, research. They could find it on the Monroe County Agriculture Facebook page. But if you're going to start with a couple of colonies, there are some rules of thumb that I have learned where people need to put their bees. They need to be where cattle are not. They don't need to be in a cow pasture. Cattle will knock them over. Yeah. They don't need to be uh, where you're going to mow bomb with a lawnmower. They don't like lawnmowers and they hate weed eaters. Yeah. So if you'd like to get stung 50 times today, go run a weed eater beside your beehives. So if somebody's thinking about where they're going to put them, it's nice if you can see them from your house so that you know that the bees are coming and going and everything's good. But if you're going to have to mow bomb with a lawnmower, uh, that's not a good place to put them. They need to be where the morning sun hits them fairly early. Uh, Those bees, the quicker that hive feels warmth uh, and sunshine, the quicker those bees will get up and go to work. So if it's a cloudy, cold day, just like me and you, they ain't going to want to get up and get outside. So I always try to put mine where they get morning sun. Beehives don't get too hot. They don't get too cold. They can regulate the temperature. Yeah. They, they don't need to be, uh, they don't need to be insulated for winters in Kentucky. Uh, they don't need to be in a place where you can blow a fan on them or something in the summer. They'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, but those are just some rules of thumb. They need to be set up on some concrete blocks or something where they're a foot off the ground, 18 inches off the ground. And people can easily come up with these these type of places on where to put them. But put them both side by side where you can look at them both the same day. Yeah. When I when I first started beekeeping, I had bees in about four different places. And I would seem like when I'd try to work the bees, I'd waste all my time driving from one place to the next. And I didn't do a good job. So put them right there together, at least until you get some more experience. Uh, you can put... A commercial beekeeper, Garrett, will put four colonies of bees on a pallet. He'll he'll point one each direction and have four colonies of bees on a pallet. So our our clients are not going to have too many bees in their bee yard. They can be side by side for a for a long way. Okay, well, just good. some rules of thumb. Yeah, well, that sounds good, Greg. I I mean I think we've got some good information, and I think you know if. Uh, if you know we want to start keeping bees we've at least got somewhere to start now for sure yeah and uh, for for your office you probably can find some of those beginning beekeeping for kentuckians i keep those handy and hand them out clients the first thing when they want to talk about it that's what i give them it's a great publication that talks about how much time it's going to take to do this i've i've gave i've gave a lot of those out since I've been in extension and I keep them printed off and in a rack over on the wall so I can just go pick one up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I do. I do too. I got them on my, my publication shelf because we give a lot of those out. Any last words of advice before we go, Greg? I'll just say this, you know, I'm looking forward to the 2021 beekeeping season. We've had a long winter, but our bees are, they're still alive. When you and I are recording this today, it's going to be 70 degrees in Butler County. Hopefully, we're over the hump. You know, we we need it. Mid-February is hard on them to live because they're running out of food, and we can still get some cold, miserable stretches. 
but the the maple trees are blooming and the bees is out getting after it. This is a great hobby if people want to do it. There's nothing more natural than watching those honeybees come and go and drag pollen in and make sugar. It's a good thing for families to do, but they, they just have to be careful and do some preparation before they start in this activity. That sounds good. We appreciate you joining us today, Greg. All right, I've, I've enjoyed it. Good talk with you. Man. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Rock Ag Podcast. For more information on the content of this podcast, please contact your local extension service. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast.